Today, I want to talk to you about some mistakes that investors make and what that has to do with like marketing and buyer psychology. And, you know, before you're like, oh, I don't talk to investors, uh, I, I want to note here that investors are human beings. And this is very human being like decision making and mistake making. And it's valuable to you as a marketer and copywriter for two reasons. Number one is that understanding the emotional reason behind this mistake, it's going to make you a better marketer. Like I have 10 plus years experience writing to investors, but I'll tell you, like, this is not something you have to be in, involved with, like financial copywriting to get value out of, right? This is something that I've learned through that time, but it reflects these deeper human truths that are applicable in all markets. But the other reason this has the potential to be valuable to you is because, well, I often talk about making money. And if you make money and you set some of it aside, you might be an investor. And today's economy and investment markets are a total mess. And so maybe I can help you recognize uh, this mistake happening as it speaks and help you avoid it. It all comes down to one core emotion that's going to be shared in today's episode. And if you're a copywriter or marketer, whether you're involved with investment or financial copywriting or any other niche, don't forget to like and subscribe so you get more content like this delivered to you. These are the proven direct response marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. All right, uh, today's episode, as usual, is sponsored by me. I'm going to link you through to a Google document in the description of this. Now, assuming that you're getting this before September 30th at 4.59 p.m. U.S. Central Time, You'll be able to click through that Google document and uh, you'll be able to check out my emotional direct response copywriting training, which is currently available for individual purchase. It's normally part of the BTMS Insiders training library. You have to become a member to sign up and get it. But for a couple of days, I have it available that you can get lifetime access for one low fee. It's all about how to use emotion in direct response. And uh, it's very relevant to today's episode. So. Let's dive into the, the two major mistakes that investors consistently, consistently make. And it's, it's like these are the deep, dark secrets of, of being an investment copywriter and that you discover these mistakes that people make and how sometimes even your marketing, your copywriting is fueling these mistakes. So First, first, like before we get to the two major mistakes, what's good investing? Well, you know, at a very basic level, good investing is buy low and sell high, right? Buy low, sell high. That's that's rational. That's logical. Like if you look at a chart of any investment and you see the price squiggling along, you know that if you bought when it's low and you sold when it's high, then you made money on that investment. Um, research also shows that it pretty much never happens. I mean, it does. It does. Like some investors buy low, sell high, especially if they hold for a long time. And with some investments, individual investors buy low and sell high. But across the board, the vast majority of investors end up underperforming 
the markets. And Warren Buffett, you know, arguably one of the smartest investors of modern times, maybe ever, he's right. Uh, you're better off just buying a low-cost index fund and not touching it, just putting money in, not touching it, put money in, not touching it. Eventually, when you need to take money out of the markets, then you take a little bit out, take a little bit out, take a little bit out. It's great advice because when you actually look at the data, most investors, over the course of their management of their portfolio, their performance underperforms. They do worse than that index fund strategy, right? And here's the thing. I, I was talking about individual investors there. Most of them do worse. Most pros do worse too. Even if this professional money manager beats the market one year or for a couple of years in a row, especially, odds are extremely low they're going to do it again. And over time, their performance is going to average out to underperforming the market. And oftentimes, the more actively they manage their portfolio, the more underperformance there will be. There's only a handful of money managers that consistently beat the market. Warren Buffett is one of them, and he doesn't even tell you to invest in his company. He says, you know, you'd be better off just investing in the entire market as a whole. Of course, he tells that to people who are already invested in his company, too. <laughs> um, but that leads to like these, these two major mistakes that I promise that, that investors make consistently. And the two mistakes are going all in at the top near the end of a big price move up. So price is going up, going up, going up. And uh, they're like, oh, the price is going up. And they put all their money in the market. And it's right near the end of a big price move up. Now, the market prices are always responding to what, when people are putting money in and all of that, right? So this happens near the end of the big move up. And then uh, when there's nobody like them pouring money into the market, nobody who's like, oh, I better get in before, you know, the opportunity's gone. When there's nobody who does that anymore, prices crash. And... That leads to the second big mistake, which is that most investors, uh, if they're trying to be active with their investments, they sell their positions at the bottom near the end of a crash. And um, this, this, this is called, there's a term for this called capitulation, right? And it's like this, this last minute decision when you had belief in something and then you change your mind about it at the end. Uh, and, and so when an investor has gone all in, uh, or, you know, let's say they, let's go back to the beginning of the cycle. Let's say they sold at the bottom and they are now afraid of, uh, of losing money again. And so they don't invest, they don't invest, they don't invest, even as prices are going up and going up and going up. And then, uh, the prices have gone up, uh, whatever, and everybody's excited about investing again. And they say, oh, shoot, I better not miss this opportunity. So they capitulate. They make that last minute change of mind, right? They capitulate and they put money in. And the, oh, the market's at its top. Investors have just capitulated and piled into the, the market at its top. And then the market crashes. And then their conviction of like, oh, I'm going to make money this time around it, they, they hold on to it while the market's crashing, while the market's crashing, while the market's crashing. And then they get to the bottom. And they're like, oh, God, I guess the market's going to go down forever. And they capitulate again and they sell. And it's that same cycle over and over again. And it's why investors 
so often struggle to outperform the market because they're constantly making this emotional decision that's leading to this mistake. And it's, it's the exact opposite of what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to buy low, sell high, and they buy high, sell low. And if you want to know the emotional reason why, there's one word. There's one word that sums this up. That word is regret. They regret not being in the market, in the investment when it went up. And they regret the losses that they say reflected in their portfolio when it goes down. And so, oh no, I'm missing out on crypto. I've missed out on this huge opportunity in crypto. So I regret missing out on all the profits that I could have made. So I pile my money in because it's been going up forever. Oh shoot, crypto just crashed and it's you know falling apart. And I regret all the losses that I just made. I better get out. And that regret leads to consistently bad decision-making. It's always looking backwards. It's looking to past failures. Um, not only that, it's looking to the immediate past, right? It's looking to the most recent past. So if you zoom out far enough, like if you're looking to the past and you say, oh, after the market's just crashed a bunch, it's actually a great time to buy. Like, and you can see that through every crash uh, in the history of the stock market that, okay, the market's just crashed a whole bunch. It's a great time to buy. Like if you look far enough in the past where you don't have that uh, emotional weight, the regret weighing down your decision-making, then you can make a, a good decision, right? But if you're looking at the most recent past, like, oh, the market's been going up for two years. I better pile money in. Or the market's been crashing for you know a year. I better get out, right? That immediate past is seldom a good indicator for what's coming next, especially if you have a longer view. If you have, especially when it comes to, to like investments here, if you have a longer view, the, the recent past is a good indicator of what's not going to happen next, right? So if the market's been crashing for a year, two years, whatever, it might continue to crash for a little bit. But what's probably going to happen next is it's eventually going to turn around and it's going to go up. Now, I know like if you look at all the history of all the world markets, like Japan is an example of a market that just went down for a long time. And I know that there's that risk there. Um, past performance is not indicative of future results. And what I'm telling you is not investment recommendations. But... That's what tends to happen in markets. They're cyclical. They crash and they go up and they crash and they go up and they crash and they go up, right? So here's how this plays out in investment copywriting, financial copywriting. And honestly, like when you, you may never look at another investment newsletter or investment newsletter pitch the same way again. Because remember, like investment copywriters, financial copywriters sell investors what they want to buy. Financial copywriters, it's their job, it's our job, it's my job as a financial copywriter to sell investors what they want to buy. And we can see what they want to buy if we look at what they actually do in the markets. So when the market's at its peak, investors want to buy greed. When the market is, is at its lows, investors buy fear, aka they sell, right? And when you are conducting behaviorally driven marketing and you're testing for conversion rates and you're saying what gets the highest conversion rates, well, selling fear 
in a greed environment saying, hey, it's not a great idea to uh, to pile your money into the stock markets because we're, you know, at extreme valuations and all time highs and all of that. Nobody buys that. If the market's crashing and, and the best thing an investor could do would be to uh, start piling money into the markets, that's not what they want to hear. The market is crashing because investors are taking money out of the markets. And it's often the, the, the little guy that capitulates at the end. It's often, you know, ma and pa individual investor who capitulate at the end and they take money out when the market is hitting its low. And you can actually see this in volume spikes in trading that uh, oftentimes the market turns on a very large amount of trading and it's all those people who are just like giving up on the trend. Uh, so, especially at the bottom, they're giving up on, on you know, this opportunity to make money. So uh, when you're looking at what gets highest conversion rates, when the market is up, it's greed. Like uh, it's, 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 telling people that it's time to go in all in because that's what they want. That's what they want to hear. So like last year, 2021, pre-COVID, uh, 2019, 2006, 2007, those were times where it was like, oh, yeah, like 2006, 2007, maybe 2005. It was like pile money into housing. You can't go wrong in real estate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pre-COVID, there was, there was all sorts of bullishness in the markets and you know, when we tested things that are like, hey, you might want to be a little careful here, it was crickets, right? Um, last year, oh, crypto's going to the moon, right? And people only want to hear, hey, it's time to go all in. You know, in hindsight now, last year would have been a great time to sell all your stocks. Pre-COVID would have been a great time to sell all your stocks. 2006, 2007, great time to sell all your stocks. Now, when the market's going down, it's fear that people buy. So, uh, like, they will buy fear-based messages. This whole idea of, like, running for cover, right? It, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. The uh, United States is going broke, all that stuff, right? And that's what's flooding the market right now. Uh, was, and, and I consistently think back to, like, 2009 to 2011. Now, if you look at a long-term stock chart 2009 to 2011 was like the perfect time to just pile as much money into stocks as you possibly could that was also the heyday for promotions like end of america from stansbury and aftershock from newsmax these promos that were like everything is falling apart the next great crash is coming you know all the world is ending right end of america and that's when all these fear promos work well. And you could actually go back in time. Uh, those, those fear promos have worked every time the market has just crashed. Every time it's been a great buying opportunity going forward. It's those fear promos that work the best. Which is investors buying the exact opposite of the right thing. Because the behavior that they want to do in those moments is driven by regret again, but that behavior is the exact opposite of the right thing. So if you're like, if you're an investor today, one of the best things you could be doing is looking for uh, what's called dollar cost averaging opportunities. Basically, 
just start piling money into the market um, based on, you know, you could do it based on time. You could do it based on the market going down a, a little bit, hitting a certain threshold, whatever. And then don't touch it. Like let the market recover. And, um, and, and, and that's historically been the best strategy for times like these. But the reality is probably the next few years are going to be an absolute heyday for fear-based promos, even as the market starts to recover and go up. Now, I'm not saying it won't go down from here. In fact, it could go down quite a bit. I don't know. I can't predict the future. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> um, it, I, I do believe that eventually it will recover and any kind of money that you're piling into the market right now um, especially on days where it's gone down quite a bit, is going to pay off uh, in the long run. But what does this all have to do with copywriting and marketing? And what, what can all copywriters learn from this? Um, number one, you should probably have a, a good offer. And by that, I mean, sell them what they want, but make sure you also give them what they need. So like if I'm coming up with an investment pitch right now, if I'm coming up with a product right now, Maybe I'll talk about the negatives in the market. Maybe I'll talk about things that are stoking fear. But in my deliverable, I want to help protect them from mistakes that they might be making. I might say things that um, even, even if, uh, even if the, the, the sales message is more driven based on fear, I would want the deliverable to say, here's an investment that um, is likely to benefit you for the long run even in the middle of this scary situation, right? So sell them what they want, but deliver what they actually need, the, the good advice that they need. Number two, ultimately you do have to serve the market. If you want to make sales, you serve the market. The market is going to do what it wants. As a whole, all those investors are going to buy what they buy, right? You can't save people from themselves. But you can choose not to exploit it. Um, so for example, if you heard all this, if you listen to all this and you heard, oh, Roy says fear is going to work for the next two years. So we're going to, we're going to push hard on our fear promos. And then our fulfillment is going to be all about fear. And we don't really care if people don't make any money. We just care that we sell a bunch. No, that's not what I'm saying, right? What I'm saying is even if a fear promo is the best way to bring customers in the door, find a way to serve them. Um, and so you serve the market by giving them what they're going to buy today, but you also serve them by helping out with their long-term interests. Because the longer that you serve them, the more you help out with their long-term interests, the better customer they will make through time. And the other thing worth noting, which is a more subtle lesson from this, is even in good times, even in good times, so like uh, 2021, right? Bull market and everything, whatever. It was just crazy, right? Even in good times, negative emotions win. What do I mean by that? Regret and fear of missing out drive opportunity pitches too. So I, I talked about, and presumably you didn't disagree with my uh, my claim that regret drove both the buying at the top and selling at the bottom uh, decision making. Regret about the the profits missed and regret about the losses being actualized, right? Um, and fear of missing out is that regret that that 
drives opportunity pitches. Uh, the key in all cases, though, is finding that emotional arc. What is the emotional arc that's driving the buying decision? What's the emotional arc that's driving the behavior in general? And emotion is motion. Like, and so you want to find where the motion of the emotion is. And in general, you want to direct it from negative, whether that's you know regret of missing out on something, uh, a great opportunity, or regret for past mistakes, right? Uh, no, no matter what that is, you want to move from the negative to the positive with your pitches, with your offers, with your prospect's life. Um, yeah. So that's what I have for you. I would strongly encourage you to check out my training while it's available on emotional direct response copywriting. You know, once that sale is done, which ends at September, September 30th, 2022, 4.59 p.m. U.S. Central Time, once that sale is done, I will uh, try to make sure that that redirects you to where you can get it in uh, inside the BTMS Insiders Training Library. It's a membership, so uh, you pay one low monthly fee, you get instant streaming access to everything, and it's, you get access for as long as you have your membership. Uh, but if you're catching this before September 30th, then you have an opportunity to get lifetime access for one low price. Uh, links in the description. I'm Roy for this Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Don't forget to like and subscribe and let me know uh, what you thought of this episode. I'll catch you soon. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.